There's an anointing in this house to, to, to break yokes and destroy bondages. Amen? It's here. I said it's here. You know, I, I, I just chose years ago. You know, I don't care if the Lord wants to interrupt my service. Let him interrupt it. You know, we got to get out of our pre-programmed, pre-placement of how we think things should be done. How many of you, in your day, everything flows out perfect? You, you, you go to work as a teacher, you, you have your schedule, you've written out your, your plan. And you're like, why am I writing this plan? It just seems like as soon as we start this plan, it goes out the window with behaviors, right? Mothers, right? Dads, right? You go to work, you have a plan, and something comes up, and it immediately changes the course and the flow of the day. But I'm telling you, there is a flow... There is a flow that if you step into, it'll bring joy. It's when you're doing your own thing. Living your own way. That things begin to become amiss in your life. Over here in Mark chapter 16... Verse 15, Jesus said, go into the world and preach this gospel to every creature. And he said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that is baptized, he that believeth not shall be what? Damned. You know, that, that's a real tough situation. That a person who doesn't believe, they're damned already. Why would we allow someone who doesn't have a relationship with the Lord have influence or impact or a say in our life. Why? Why would we allow somebody who lives in darkness pull us out of light? It makes no sense. You're the light of this world. You're the salt of the earth. You should have the influence. Say, I am the influence. And to, do, and to remove yourself away from that influence and to allow ungodliness to influence your life is like saying to God, I'm going to take the back seat. I'm not going to take any responsibility over my life. And nothing can be more frustrating to you, the person, living a life that is not directed That could, that could, that, it's sort of like going on a trip with no plan. It's sort of like saying, well, what are we going to do? I don't know. We'll know when we get there. The shops are closed or the one you like is closed. Well, and you just, you, it, what, ends up, what ends up inevitably hap happening is you, you're going all over the place. Everybody's miserable on that trip because no one is committed to the plan and the purpose See, if you're, li if, you're, if you're living your life with no plan and no purpose, meaning you've, you've ignored God, you've put him out of your life, that's what your life is going to be like. I'm not saying that when you follow the Lord, chaos isn't going to happen. When I say when you follow the Lord, doesn't mean, but what I'm saying is, is that when things happen, it's because light is shown in that room. Now you know it's there. When things happen, it's because now you see the evil one that has been tripping you up. 
Now you have to deal with him because you've been ignoring him. In fact, you've been talking to him and you were unaware that you have been having fellowship with darkness because of the counsel that you've been allowing to take place in your life. The voice in your life that matters most isn't the one that's trying to get you into the ditch. It's the one that's trying to bring you to the path of brightness and light. Well, pastor, walking in that narrow road is hard. Let me explain something to you. It's easy to walk on the narrow road. When I'm getting ahead of myself. Because we're going to get someplace this morning. You need to get someplace this morning. We need to get someplace this morning. And over here he says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. You know, there's a sign that follows you when you believe. When you believe, there should be a sign that follows you. should. There should be a sign that follows you. The sign should be that person saved. That person is uncompromising to the things of God. When you're saved, that means you have literally given your life over to him. No longer, no longer allowing the influences of this world to have its say in your life. In other words, my bed has no say in my life. No entertainment has say in my life. No bad news has a say in my life. I'm not moved by what bad news says. I'm not moved by, by the circumstances or the chaos that take, goes on around me. 1,000 may, may fall down to, you know, maybe, <laughs> well, you know, the, the Bible says 1,000 may fall uh, and 10,000 on your right. Falling don't mean necessarily just dead either. It, means, it may just mean that they're not walking with God anymore. You have to make a firm decision that regardless of where you're at, regardless of the chaos that's ensuing around you, you're going to follow God. You're not going to compromise. You're not going to allow yourself to be pulled and pulled in. And I like it. Because these signs will follow them that believe. Devils are cast out. People are healed. Transformation takes place. People see something different in you that they want. I say they see something in you they want. Not just another person to entertain them as to why they continue to live a mediocre life. There's to be a part of you that challenges people. Amen? So when we're walking with God, it's, it's futile to just try to do it on your own. Because all you inevitably doing is injuring yourself. You injure yourself because you, 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 you injure yourself because you, you, you don't know any better, because you, you keep doing the same thing you've been trained to do over and over and over the exact same thing that you don't want to do. But you know what the, what the definition of that is? It's called insanity. You keep hoping there's going to be a different response, but there isn't because you have yet to yield yourself over to the things of God. An unyielded life, we'll just leave it at that. It should speak for itself. 
An unyielded, an unyielded life produces no fruit. Come on. And here, you know, you want to have a, you want to have a close relationship with the Lord. You want to have a, cr- a great relation- relationship with your spouse. You want to have a great relationship with your coworkers. But it should never be at the expense of your relationship with the Lord. To do so undermines your relationships. To do so sells yourself short. Would have inevitably what would, would have been victorious. You have down, downsized and now downgraded your your experience. You went from going to first is from riding to first class down to coach and possibly in some shipping container because you decided well at least you're going to heaven, but you're not doing it with joy. You could be sitting in coach, but you're not even sitting in coach. You could be enjoying first class, but you're not even in first class. And, and, and then you, you complain that your treatment on the plane isn't that great. But, but you never asked if you could get to the next, go to the to coach. You never asked if you, could, you, if you could go to first class. No, you just assumed that that was your lot in life. And it's not your lot in life. It's your choices in life. I said it's your choices in life that will, that will define you. Will I, will I marry her or marry her? Your choice. This one kind of dresses like a bimbo, makes flirty eyes with you. This one is rock solid, good character, beautiful. There's something about her that's just, that just you know there's something right. You marry, you decide, well, I think I'm going to go with the floozy because this one won't compromise when it comes to going to church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick someone who makes me comfortable with where, where, where I think I'm okay with. And then we choose the wrong person because now everywhere you go, she's making flirty eyes with everybody else. And you're like, what did I just do? God, God help me in this relationship. Well, you chose that relationship. Now you want God to bless that relationship? See, it's all in the choices that you make. We tell kids your, life's, your life is defined by the, the decisions that you make. These signs shall follow those who believe. One of the earmarks of a healthy, healthy relationship is there's joy. Now, now I'm going to say something. There's, there's not that there's no chaos. There's chaos. Things happen. Life happens. A, a parent passes away. A dog passes away. You lose a job. You get a job. Got, you, got, you know, one of the greatest turmoils and one of the greatest things of an example of life changing in utter chaos and, and, and causing us inner turmoil is, is, the, is the church or the Israel being delivered from Egypt. It's the greatest example to you and I. Because here we've lived years and years under bondage. Some of us don't always have that. Some of us come from good homes. Some of us have lived in the, uh, in the land, of, in the land of, 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 of milk and honey. But there's, there are some of us who didn't have that. We've lived under slave, slavery. We've lived under bondage. And so we become so familiar with that way of living that when, when God takes us out of it, we think, this is too hard. This, this is too rough. But let me remind you, you were a slave. You were living in darkness. Life was beating you up. 
So when you make a decision to not follow the one who's bringing you to the land of more than enough, you are settling in the valley of the shadow of death. Yet, he says, let me, let me bring you into more. Walk with me. Walk with me. Now, I want you to notice something here. That the day they left Egypt, the day they made, it to, they made a decision to follow after God, God blessed them. They didn't leave empty-handed. They didn't leave empty-handed. When they left, they bankrupt Egypt. When you leave hell, when you've made, you've bankrupt. You've taken a rich deposit that was meant, that was that was assigned to hell. But now you've you've taken your you the 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 most valuable, the most precious item out of hell and made it and secured it into God's heavenly kingdom. So now you bring with you this rich deposit, this rich treasure. But here's the thing. You forget about what it is that you have with you when you leave. You forgot that you were precious. You forgot that you were valuable. You forgot that you even held importance in the kingdom of God. In fact, when you forget is to cheapen. It's to downgrade. It's to go from first class to coach. And most people don't will, will ever say in their life that I chosen to, to live in the in, in, where there's just a shipping container. But they, that's what they downgrade themselves to. They, they live in this little vessel. Well, at least I'm getting to heaven. Well, at least I'm getting to my destination. Yeah, but you can enjoy the journey. You can enjoy the journey. You know there's problems sometimes in first class? Not everything's happening is perfect in first class. It's not perfect. Maybe something happens. Maybe, maybe something happens. Maybe there's a conversation. Maybe you, have, you talk to somebody on first class that you're like, but it doesn't mean that you'd still want to ride and coach. Because once you sit in first class, you're like, I like first class. Once you've ridden in coach, you're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I've, I've, I, have, I don't know what it is, but I'm like a big daddy bear in my home. And so my girls will throw up their feet. They think it's, it's just great. They can just throw up their feet on my lap and just like, here, where my get your Because I have big hands. So my hands are assumed oven mitts. So I can keep your feet or your hands warm because I'm just a naturally warm-blooded person. And so wherever I go... People like to fall asleep. It's maybe because I'm an oven and people just feel the heat. And they're like, I don't know why I'm so asleep. I mean, they just, they go out. And when I went to Canada, there, there was two times this happened to me. They, they'd sit this, 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 like my daughter's right like next to me, one next to me. Next thing you know, they're out and they're leaning on me. And this guy's looking at me. He's like, is that your daughter? I go, no. He goes, I'm like, I'm a dad, so what can I say? It's like, it's just natural. You know, if you people get around you, your kids get around you, they want to fall asleep, and they just want to rest, lay on you. But the father instinct never leaves me. It never leaves me. The person's going by with the containers. I get their drinks. I still get their food. 
even though there was a gentleman who fell asleep one time next to me, I still got his food. I still got his snacks for him. He don't even know that I'm even taking care of him. No clue. No clue. And he wakes up. He goes, uh, thanks a lot. I, I'm so glad that you got that for me. I don't know why I said all that. But I say this and, and, and that wherever you're at in life, you should be reflecting the love and the light of the Lord. You're looking out for others, not just always looking out for yourself. You want the hand of God on your life, but you're not willing to be extension of that hand. You've got to be an extension of that hand. You have to be an extension of that hand. It's not enough to have a call without being an extension of that call. If we're just doing stuff to take care of us, our ministry, our home, then we're not really going, we're not going out into the world. We say, go out, go ye out into the world. Well, you know, I'm just going to stay with my Christian club. I'm just going to, you know what? We all have jobs. We all have natural lives. We all go to the store. There are things that you cannot avoid in life. Walmart and the bank. I mean, <laughs> you can't ignore it. You're going to need some stuff. And, some, and I love Target, but sometimes, they, you know, you're just going to have to go to, you're, you know you're going to have to go to Walmart because they're going to carry the junk that Target won't even want to carry. <laughs> and sometimes you need the stuff at Target that not even Walmart will carry because that's too refined. <laughs> we, call it, we call it Target in my home. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew 7. So there is a way that God wants your life to go. And it's a good way. It's a great way. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, says this. He says, Enter ye the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in. How does it say that? Thereat. Many there go, which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads unto life. Few there be that find it. I, I would even say not so much that they don't, they don't find it, but they're not interested in it. Some people find that road and are not really interested in walking that road. Because it, it's, they think it's going to be a hard road. But the reality is the hardness is, is not the, the walking in the road. It's 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 the not walking on the road that makes things like that makes that like that makes life hard. You know, because the road gets narrower because the discovery while you're on the road is I really don't want to participate on this. I really don't want to. But people see the struggle thinking, Well, there's such a narrow road. I, it, I feel confined. I feel the tension. I can't I can't express myself, but they don't realize that's, that's a lie. Because on that road, there's still chaos and there's still problems. So why should I walk on the road? If there's still going to be those issues, I might as well just live however I want to live. But the reality is, is on that road, is, 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 is there's life on that road. That means the blessing is on that road. That means you're going to run into things that most people can't run into because you're on the right road. 
Now, here's the thing that's very interesting to me. Because while you're walking on that road, it, initially it feels like cumbersome. It feels like tight. It feels restricted. But before you know it, you're walking on a path that you don't see, and it's called the, the path of faith. Now you don't, you don't see where you're walking, but you're following the Lord. And then I had a vision one, uh, one evening of this, and then the Lord kind of reminded me of something, of a vision that I had a while back. And he said, well, it seems like you're going something, but then eventually, I don't want to go too much in this vision because it's mine and it's personal and it's not yet time for me to explore it and, and share it because it's mine. It's my treasure. You ever see the little kid with his little hand and he's looking at his palm because it's precious and he's like, pulls it away because he doesn't want you to see what he has. But then when no one's looking, he's looking back in his hand. That's me. I have something precious and it's mine. So here he is, this, this young man, here he is, he's, he's, you're, he, you're walking this path. And it seems like there's nothing there. And I'm just going to lay out this how I saw it. But when a flower, when a seed is, is sown, it grows straight. That stem grows straight, straight, straight. Where is it going? It's going upward. It's fulfilling, it's fulfilling its mandate. And then a bud comes. And it gets more narrow and narrow. And at the top, all of a sudden, there's a bloom called heaven. See, we have a path, but at the end, there's a bloom. And then in that bloom is the fulfillment of promise. In that bloom is you walking out. You Remember what, God, what, what the Lord said about Sol, uh, Solomon? How he said he, had, he seen a little flower it was, more, was more adorned than even Solomon was? And all because that flower lived to its full potential. You have a life. It's kind of like that flower. And it will never live to its fullest potential. It will never bloom as it should because you're afraid of tension and problems and you're afraid of conflict on that path. You're afraid that if you walk out that path, it's going to be a hard path. But you're never going to, you're never going to bloom. You're never going to come into full promise. You're, you're never going to walk out exactly what God intended for your life or purpose for your life because you're afraid of blooming. But if you knew how beautiful you were, how rich on the inside you've already been created, you wouldn't be afraid to walk the path because you see the end of it. But, we're, we're, but we, because we don't see the end of it, we become fearful or fearful-minded, thinking this is going to hurt. If, if I walk this tight and narrow road, I'm going to die. Yeah, you die to yourself. There is death. But with that death comes great gain. A, a, a shedding away of, of an old life. A giving of a new life. Did you know that a lobster... A lobster in the ocean sheds its shell, and that's how it gets big. That, that in his mind, God created him in such a way to survive out in that ocean. And, and part of what he does, if he, he senses problems, he stands up straight. He stays alert. He's got his claws, he's got his claws ready. 
He already knows where he lives because they're always looking for a better place to live. Because you know, it's the best places. If you have the best place, you're going to find the right person to live with in that best place. That's how a lobster thinks. I'm going to get the best mate with the best place. That's how a lobster thinks. It's not too far how most human people, people think. I drive the nice car. Girls are going to like me. Instinctually, you think that that's going to happen. That's why, that explains why there's some unattractive people with beautiful people. They just found, they figured out they had a better mousetrap. But see, the most important thing about that lobster is, is that in order to, in order to breed, they, they have to let that shell off, that old shell off. So they shed that old shell in order to get a new shell, and God created them that way. But when they shed, they shed that old shell, all of a sudden, they're able to come together and make another lobster. <laughs> That's a deep revelation. I know some people, yeah. What'd you learn today? Lobsters making other lobsters. If you didn't go leave with anything today, you're gonna leave with that. For some reason, for some reason, I need to get some butter. I don't, I don't know, I don't know why I want to buy some butter. I feel like I need a need to buy some butter. But see, the intimacy comes as a result of shedding the hard things that are on the outside away. The life begins when you have prepared a place. For intimacy. And many of us want to avoid that place. Because we're afraid of what we or the other person may see. See, the Bible said when God made Adam and Eve, they were naked and unashamed. That means there was no, there was no, there was no problems. There was, there was no, no, none of this, um, things that were, that were, uh, my problems. This is this isn't me. This is me living a life of I, I haven't sinned. I'm living right. There's nothing to hide. See, but when when you've sinned, you want to hide everything. When you're not right, you want to cover everything. When you're not right, you, you want to argue your thoughts and your beliefs, even though you know they're wrong. And it makes and then it begins to make you unreasonable. Then your arguments become unreasonable because you will you will defend to the death your your wrong way of thinking. You, and you and you're not willing to let it go. Because if you let it go, it waves up the flag saying you were wrong. And God forbid if you should be wrong. God forbid if, if someone should actually see a pimple on somewhere around your, your, your rib cage. I've been meaning to deal with that. Or a birthmark that makes you feel very insecure. I got a birthmark right next to my neck or my arm or my shoulder. And, no, and yet God says, I have made you full of value, full of things that are special. And your day to bloom should be something that you look forward to. Come on. It shouldn't be something that you, 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 you approach with some sort of intrepidation, some fear. But, but you should embrace the fact that God has, he, he took the time to separate you from your mother's womb and do something special with it. Amen? But it's a straight and narrow way. 
I like to tell you it was easy, but it's not going to be easy walking the straight and narrow way path because you will be you you will suffer ridicule for that path. You will be questioned about it. And if you're honest with yourself, sometimes that's why you don't want to do it because you're you're afraid of what other people may think. But the reality is. Most people really don't think about you as much as you think they think about you. Or there may be somebody in your life that you think they think a lot about you. And naturally, you do think about you because they're your parents. I remember when my, I, first, I first got born again, my mom and dad thought, well, because they see when you, when you go and do a lot of things when you're young, they think, well, I wonder how long this is going to last. I wonder how long this is going to last. You know how long it's going to last? It, parents, it's going to last as long as you, you, you say it's going to last until, until you say no otherwise. I remember when the kids, uh, so Olivia or someone of the kids took up a, a sport. No, you're not done until the year's done. I already paid. You're finishing this up. You're finishing this up. Didn't matter who you were. Or, because if you start, you sign up, you're, you're finishing this. And then, and if they're in it, you're their biggest fan. You show up. You root them on. You encourage them. Now, if they can't sing, say, baby, not everybody was born with a gift. Don't, don't lie to them. Because then they end up on an uh, American Idol. And, then they, and, and well, my mama said I could sing. My daddy said I could sing. And no, honey child, they lied to you. They would never lie to me. No, you, you should be the voice of honesty. The voice of reason. With them and yourself. We all have skills. We all have talents that make us unique and special and different. And that is not a bad thing. Embracing it is a good thing. If you have a hunger and you have a desire for God, it needs to grow deeper if you really want to enjoy it. Some of the best flowers are tended to. You hear that? Some of the best people who grow some of the finest flowers have to tend to their flowers. Your life, the bloom of your life will be a result of you paying attention to it, watering it, caring for it, treating it with some value. This is a very scary thought. And it frightens me a little bit for people is that because people will, will, will undoubtedly go to a doctor because they really need medication, but they won't take their medication. There is a, a, a very high rate, a very strong possibility that if you give medication to somebody, even when they've received even an organ transplant, even they've spent thousands and thousands, there's a high, there's a high probability that they may still not even take that medication. And that, that, that medication is to keep them from rejecting the, the, that liver or whatever they've received. And yet... When it comes to the medicating their dogs and their pets, they'll make sure their pets get medicated. Let me just say that again. They'll make sure that their pets are well taken care of. But they, they won't value themselves personally enough to take care of what they need to take care of. You do themselves. They don't see themselves as precious. They don't see themselves as important. But you are important. You, you, you do have something on the inside of you to give. 
but it can't be given if you keep it to yourself. The $20 in your pocket will never help anybody as long as it sits in your, in your pocket. It only begins to help you or others as soon as you pull it out of your pocket and there begins an exchange. The, the, the life comes, the value comes through the exchange. Exchange of words. Exchange of love. Exchange of encouragement. But there's no value to you, no depth to you if you can't give out what's already been placed on the inside of you. Come on. That's why Amos says, can, how can two walk together except they agree? You have to first agree with God's plan for your life. How can you walk with God if you don't agree with him? You want God's best. You want God's blessing. But you have to agree that his narrow way is going to be the only way for your life. Or else you'll just continue to suffer. Or you'll just get another feel-good message. Oh, don't worry. You're okay the way you are the way you, you, are, the way you are. You know, that things like this happen to everybody. And, and some of that's true. But the, the difference is, is that when you've decided to mark your, your life out to, as something being precious, you'll, you'll do more to take better care of that life. You've got to treat it like it's the only flower that you have. That it means enough, enough to you that you're going to care for it. Your life will only produce what you do to care for it. And if you want a better life, you need to care for the life that you've already been given. Many of us are not taking care. We're not taking care of ourselves. We're not spending time with the Lord. We're not, we're not feeding our hearts and, and filling, our, filling our hearts with the more that is required for us to get out of where we're at. Because another bag of potato chips isn't going to help you feel any better. It won't. Let's open our Bibles to Psalms 103. We beat ourselves up because we, 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 we don't think highly enough of ourselves. We, too, we think too lowly of ourselves. Having a sin-conscious mind, where you, all, you think about all the mistakes that you've done, you rehearsed, of, of how you could never be the person that you wanted, to, you could be, is a travesty. You don't, you don't see yourself living in the land of milk and honey. You still see yourself living in their older home. So you, you don't make no preparation to leave. You don't ever see yourself owning a, a nicer car, so you just get satisfied with the car that you do have. And you, and you decide not to do things that are important. But you waste your time on things that are unimportant. Because you're just, you're just like a person in prison just waiting their time, just to do their time until they get released, only to come back because you, you, you never really were free when you were inside. You need to be free on the inside before you can be really truly free on the outside. In Psalms 103, verse 3, says, He who forgives all thy iniquities, who heals all thy diseases, 
who redeems thy life from destruction, who cover, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. But notice something. He renews you. During that path, during that walkway, during that narrow road, you get renewed. And guess what? He forgives your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. I, I think it's f hilarious. Maybe that's the wrong word. But I think it's a beautiful thing when a person who doesn't know the Lord comes to church. Maybe they're in need of, of a serious intervention with God. They need God's hand to really come into their lives and make something different. Because where they're at, it's not going to be any, it's just getting worse. It's just getting worse. And they just come in on the inside. They just know that they need something more. And they're just, they're just so ripe, is for, for, for a better, lack of a better term. They're just ripe for the picking. And, and then God just comes in and just, just, just gets them out of that old tree that they're in. And all of a sudden, they give them their life. They're, they're healed. All of a sudden, they look at their body and they notice that the sickness that they've been dealing with is gone. All of a sudden, they look at their life and it, it's like, it's like they, they've lifted up their head and the world seems hopeful. It's like, you know, instead of like uh, Pensato, uh, what's it called? Pensatola Phil? What is it? P the little hedgehog that comes up? Punxsutawney Phil? He lifts up his head and tells you if there's six months of winter or, 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 or summer's going to be around the corner. No, it's it's not. It's 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 one of them things. But it's there's a name for it somewhere. And every year, he, he there they, there's a big tradition in some city where if the, when the groundhog comes, if he sees a shadow, that means six more months of winter. And see, for the first time, you just stick your head out, and all of a sudden, you see light, and you're like, hey, you know, things are more hopeful now. I, I think I'm gonna make it. I just made it out of this cold, dreary hole. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of food. She's been nagging me to get out, and now I'm sticking my head out, and things are looking pretty good. And so when you stick your head and things looking pretty good, you decide, well, you know, let's have some kids. Uh, let's have some kids. Let's eat some food. Let's enjoy this, this world that's out here. And, and you begin to enjoy life. You get, to, you get to live out what God has put in your heart. But when things are cold, when things are hopeless, you can just crawl back in your hole. You, you lay in bed. You don't want to get up. Your wife says, you need to go to work today. Says, let's go to church. I don't want to go to church. I don't like any of the people there. I, in fact, I can't stand everybody. But you have to go to church. Why? You tell me one reason why I have to go to church. Well, for one, you're the pastor. See, you and I, we can't, we can't live our lives underground. You weren't designed like that. You were designed to have relationships. You were designed to have purpose. And that's why he wants to satisfy your mouth with good things and renew your... See, the blessing is... The, 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 the real cheetah thing is you don't realize that on that road he fills you with good things and he renews your youth. Come on. 
You've got to do something more than allow yourself to be beat up. Sucked in to the wrong way of living. Because the wrong way of living seems like the only right way of living. Because you're too familiar with it. You're too familiar with it because you saw mom and dad live that way. You're too familiar with it because everyone around you lives that way. And when you live a different life, they look at you like you're an alien. And then they make TV shows built by aliens because there's no way that a Hispanic person could ever build a temple because they see it impossible. But see, when God puts a vision on the inside of you, he places a vision on the inside of you. There's things on the inside of you that can come out and build and do and create things. You're not a curse. You're not the plague. You're something special. So treat yourself right. Start treating yourself right. Start treating yourself like you're important. Start, if, if you knew the type of person that you were, you, you start dressing that person better. You would treat it better. If it was precious and important to you, you would take care of it. When my last two dogs passed away, I was down to one dog. And there was a part of me that was relieved. I was like, man, you taking taking care of three dogs is like taking three care of three kids, especially when they're older. Because their, their little lives are starting to fall apart and you start to feel guilty. And you're like, oh my gosh, they're falling over. They're going through this great pain. And, and so, but with the one left, we went out and we did something we'd never done. Well, I didn't do it. Olivia decided that she was going to uh, um, uh, pimp out our dog. Not, or not pimp out. What do you call it? When you make them look all pretty or... Like, that's pimp my ride. You make your car look really nice and fancy. Sorry, wrong show. I've been watching too many car shows. Right? She gets the dog and she puts a new leash. But all of a sudden, or a new collar, all of a sudden it brightens me up. Right? The dog is being treated better. I don't got a new leash. But I feel good because my, the things around me are good. It's important. It's important. You know, I, I'll go out and buy nice shan uh, men's cologne, not men's cologne, but that uh, men's wash because I like it. I like that, that, that uh, what are some of this, something cedar and, and there's one that's called, what's the name of a flower I really like? And I'll, I'll wash it, but it's their men's shampoo, you know, it's men's, men's body washing. And I like those because at the end it makes me feel, makes me feel expensive. I don't know. It's only $7, but if you can feel expensive after $7 body wash, and use your $7 body wash. It does. You're raising the value of who you are. You need to start treating yourself better. Start loving. Start, start loving yourself. Boy, I'll tell you what. You know what? There's too many people who don't love themselves. They're too hard on themselves. They're more kinder to other people and feel like people deserve it, but they don't put, turn the finger around and say, I know I deserve it too. Say, I am precious 
I am important. Start seeing yourself that way. Start seeing yourself that way. Well, you don't, Pastor, I've done a lot of stuff. We've all done a lot of stuff. The only difference is the blood. It's the blood of Christ that you can go to daily. And that First John says that he is faithful and just to forgive. I just love that scripture. He's faithful and just to forgive. And his mercies are new day by day. In other words, well, thank you, Father, forgive me. Lord, your mercies are renewed. So when you're first starting out, you're learning to walk that road. But don't compromise to get off that road. Say, Father, I enjoyed this road. This is a good path. I've, I, I have fought some good fights. That means I've won. I've overcome. I've, I've laid true to doing your word, to living out your word. And I'm telling you, in it, you discover the most precious things that your life was meant for. But you don't do it by not walking that road. Amen? Amen. With every eye closed and every head bowed. This morning, I hope that you are encouraged to begin loving yourself. If you've had trouble loving yourself, I'm not going to ask you to come up here, but if you have had problems with loving yourself, And you would like prayer, I'm not going to ask you to come up here, but if you want prayer, just raise your hand where you're at. Say, Pastor, I've had problems with loving myself. I see them hands. I know there's hands out there where people say, I have trouble loving myself. Now, there's some people who say, Pastor, I love myself a little too much. I don't have a problem with loving myself. But I do need to be more considerate of others. If that's you, I want to pray right now over you too. Father, help us be the people of God you've called us to be. Help us walk out that narrow road with joy, with thanksgiving, knowing that there is a plan and a purpose for my life that's, that's going to bring me joy in walking out that plan. Father, I ask you this morning to bless your people. Say this with me. I am blessed. I am highly favored. I am important. I will take care of myself. You, can't, you, 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 can't, you, you cannot push that away anymore, church. It's important to care for yourself. It's important. It's important to take care of things that You've neglected. It's important. It's important because you need it. You need it. It's sort of like getting out of that, getting out of that water and beginning to breathe. It's like getting out of that hole and just, there's light. There's light. There's hope for me. Yeah, there's hope for you. Amen. Come on. I hope, how many of you got encouraged this morning? I tell you, God's working some good things in us. He's working some, he's working some good things.